Happy Monday, happy Monday, happy Monday, happy Mental Health Monday. Today is May 10th. This is the 10th day of Mental Health Awareness Month. And my name is Richard Taylor Jr. I am your host for this and all episodes of the Between the Dream podcast. And I am so excited to have you all in this conversation today because man, oh man, we definitely about to have us a conversation today. With that being said, before we get started, I want to do a few things. I want to say thank you to our new listeners for tuning in to the podcast. I ask that you subscribe on whatever platform you might be listening on. And for those of you all that are returning, thank you, my dream team. I could not do this without you. Thank you for your continued love and support. The Between the Dream podcast would not be possible without you all. I got to pay some bills real quick and, and give some shout outs, man, because we had so much love over the weekend and just in general over the last 10 days with the 31 Days of Power series. And so I would not be um, the person that I am without making sure that I give some credit. And so I want to go down the list real quick. First and foremost, shout out to cool brother hat number one um, on Twitter. He's always been so supportive of the Between the Dream podcast. And um, I, Twitter is probably the least used space for me. However, when I get notifications is that this brother is sharing something. And I just want to say thank you so much for that, bro. I appreciate it. I want to give a special shout out to um, Oh, God. Black Coffee Northwest in Shoreline, Washington. They had me over the weekend as a vendor. On Friday, I came in and I spoke to their student interns. And then Saturday, I came in as a vendor, got a chance to sell a few books. But more importantly, meet more of the community to let them know that I'm in the space. I'm here and I'm a resource. Right. So thank you all for that. And then with that being said, too, I got to give a special shout out to at Vic Sato, um, my homegirl, Victoria. She definitely came through. She ordered her book online, but then found out that I was going to be at Black Coffee. So she actually came up to meet in person. Man, listen, I love it. I love it when followers become friends and family. It means the world. So thank you as well. And then I would be remiss if I did not give a shout out and a thank you to those of you all who have been like aggressively sharing all of the stuff that I've been posting via the 31 Days of Power um, on Instagram specifically, right? I'm seeing the story reshares, right? So at Janae Adams Speaks, thank you. Uh, Vicky Sato, once again, thank you. Uh, the Parents Fitness Coach has been sharing like crazy. Uh, I feel bad because I don't want to forget anybody. The Life of Mac, I know I've been seeing you. Thank you. Um, my, 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 my sister from another mister, um, Karen Butler, the, the founder and CEO of uh, Honey Water. She's been sharing literally day by day by day. And I just appreciate it so much. Alan Wong, thank you. And it's a host of other folks. So I'm going to make sure that I give these shout outs during the week. But listen, to those of you all who have been sharing the work, sharing these posts that have resonated with you, thank you so much. And I got to make sure I shout out one of my good friends, Whitney Popa, um, for the love on. Um, she's actively reading the 31 Days of Power right now. And she's hit me up 
on a few occasions about certain chapters, but she reached out to me actually yesterday talking about the appreciation for day eight's conversation around faith and mental health. Um, and definitely how there needs to be a better job done when it comes to people coming into the space uh, of a faith building and of a faith family and being able to receive love and not crit uh, ridicule and judgment. That spoke to me. Look, this lets me know that people are paying attention. They are reading. They are listening. They are here. Now that we've gotten that out the way, I want to go ahead and jump into today's conversation. Today, I felt like I don't know why I woke up this morning and felt this so heavy on my spirit. I know that on day 28, I have a conversation around um, the importance of uh, mental health when it comes to racial trauma for black, indigenous and people of color, BIPOCs. And so today, for whatever reason, though, I woke up and I felt this heavy and I wanted to talk about the importance of representation. Actually, no, I do know why I felt this way. Now that I'm like thinking about it as I'm talking to you all, um, I met a, an amazing lady um, on Saturday and I'm not sure if she's listening, but thank you, Martha, so much. She purchased a book for me while I was at Black Coffee Northwest and we got to talk and she does some amazing work around helping um, young women who have been caught up in um, prostitution, prostitution rings, and she's doing some some dope work down here in the Seattle land area. And so we got to talking about the work that she does on the counseling side, the mentoring side, the helping side. And we talked about um, the importance of advocates who have actually lived through certain situations when it comes to the areas that we're advocating in, right? And um, she made a reference to how she works with a lot of young women of color, and they're so grateful and blessed to have a black um, female therapist on their staff. And I thought that that was really, really amazing to hear, but it came out of her mouth as a white woman stating how important she believed it was for that piece of representation to be there. And this is something that I have felt for so long. And I I'm not going to lie, there was one point in time where kind of took offense to it, but I'm understanding more and more that there's no need to take offense to it. I'm going to actually give you a personal lived experience that kind of shifted my trajectory when it came to taking offense to it. So uh, I did a uh, I did a corporate event for Amazon speaking on mental health a few years ago, and I had a young Asian man come up to me at the end asking about getting connected to, um, you know, Asian therapist. And at first I was like, man, bro, like we in this together. <laughs> but the truth is, is that as I thought deeper into what he was asking with his experience and with his comfort level, he wanted to be able to have someone that he could go to right now. We know that the mental health market is oversaturated when it comes to, you know, white mental health professionals. And this is not a bad thing. Listen, I want to make sure that we're very clear, right? I have a lot of close white friends who are, mental health advocates and professional that I do work with, right? I'm not saying that they're not capable. I'm not saying that you being of your race and ethnicity are not capable to be able to reach and talk to people who don't look like you. But what I am saying is that, and I'm going to go through some points to kind of help make this make more sense. What I am saying is that when it comes to the people that we want to reach, because of where they've been, what they've experienced, what they've gone through, a lot of times there is a greater wall up 
that needs to actually be broken down. And sometimes the only the only thing needed to break that that wall down is representation. And so I want to make sure that we're very clear. I'm not taking away from anybody's capability and, 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 and ability to reach other people. But I just want us to get a, a greater understanding. And, and maybe if you can take yourself out of the seat that you're in and put yourself into the shoes when you maybe were at your lowest point or you were struggling and dealing with some very rough circumstances. Right. And and some of the people that might have helped you, the therapists that might have helped you from your community. Right. Understanding that there was a bond there, there was a connection there. And I want to just give you all a few reasons and points as to why the representation piece is so important, right? A few areas that I want to stick to, right? Um, and the first is that when we talk about representation, specifically in the field of mental health, representation is great when it comes to being able to dismantle a lot of the distrust um, when people from communities, minority communities or underserved communities have access to therapy or counseling, right? And, and the reason why this is important is because what you will tend to find is that those therapists or counselors or mental health professionals, um, they have fought some of the same systems and some of the same policies and some of the same lived experiences, right? And with this, it really does help to break down that wall, that barrier that can be up from time to time, right? The next thing that I want to focus on, too, is that the importance of diversity in therapy and the mental health field as a whole and counseling is that it really does offer um, what I personally believe to be some, um, we would use the term relational intelligence, but I think even deeper than that, cultural competency um, when it comes to the services and the work that is being put out there and provided for people in said communities. And I want to give you all an example of this. Um, there was an article that came out uh, last year, 2020, um, from a therapist who had some really interesting and skewed views on people of color. Um, and she's a big time, like well-known therapist, but she essentially made some racist comments about black folks and their dealings with their mental health and it was just ignorant, right? And, and to the degree where with what she put out, it was almost like black people were this, um, oh, what's the word I want to use? They were this exception when it came to said mental health struggles. But I'm like, yo, like if we all have a mental health and if humans can struggle in any regard, then we should all be categorized as one, but with the, what she had put out there, it was almost this thing of like, no, like we're we're a special case and ours comes from X, Y, and Z. I'm not gonna get into the ignorance that was spewed out in what she said, but needless to say, this idea to categorize black people by themselves in, in an attempt to basically show her ignorance, that spoke a lot, but it didn't just speak a lot from the ignorant words that she had had. This woman has dealt with black clientele and when you talk about that, and I'm like, if you carry this ideology about the people that you're supposed to serve, it says a lot to the lack of service that you actually have when it comes to being able to be competent culturally with their struggles and not piecing your own opinion in, but truly getting to the heart and the issues of said struggle with said people, 
Right. And so I think it's so important when we talk about the competency piece. I know for me personally, after my final suicide attempt 13 years ago, I was blessed to be able to have um, Dr. Sam um, was a black male therapist. And I fought nail and tooth very early on um, when it came to this. But he understood me and we had great conversation. He was a really good guy. And I felt more and more comfortable as our sessions went on. I actually got to a point where I was actually excited about getting to my my therapy sessions. Right. Um, And I think that this is so important um, because it was very helpful for me. The last thing that I want to give you all, um, and this is from my own personal lived experience as well. And I've talked about this um, when we talk about the whole we all have a mental health piece. And I'm going to talk about it more when I go through like myths and communities of color around mental health. But when you don't see individuals that look like you, whether it's on the side of therapy or advocacy or even just like the mental health like commercials for like medication for anxiety or, you know, schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. Right. Um, What you tend to have happened is that a lot of times when you don't um, see individuals that look like you in that space, you can start to think that it's not for you. You can have the assumption that, oh, well, maybe maybe I got a struggle in silence. Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this isn't my thing, whatever the case might be. And I want to make sure that we're very, very careful and mindful of this one thought because kind of look at it like when we talk about um, how for so long the imagery of like the perfect body shape was blonde hair, blue eyes with, you know, a 12 year old, you know, boyish frame which is, I mean, whatever, but, you know, needless to say, like, that was what was put out, right? You needed to be this weight, this size, this height, and that's it. And it really pulled away from true beauty standards to the idea that we all come in these beautiful shapes, shades, um, complexions, and body types and all this other stuff. And so I want us to be very mindful, right? Because the same way that when we see body types and we think that, oh, I could never wear X, Y, and Z because I don't look like said model or the person that's modeling it or putting it on, it's the same way when it comes to therapy. Now, hear me, this is not to say that we can't have some great cross-cultural happenings to where help can be provided. But with that being the case, I want to make sure that we're clear in order to do that effectively, and shout out to my homegirl, Allison, therapist out here actually in Edmonds, Washington, um, who I had a really good conversation with about this as she was telling me her experience of, of working with a black client. But you, you've got to really be intentional about being in community with people that don't look like you in order to truly understand their plight. And not to just treat them like another number, not to just treat them like another dollar sign marked off from your quota of clientele or getting what you're supposed to be getting when it comes to the money from the insurance company. Like you really have to be intentional about researching, studying and going out and being present with people that don't look like you. And this is for all races and and cultures across the board. I believe that we can help in this cause and in this fight cross-culturally, but it does come with relational intentionality, being intentional about being in relationship with people that don't look like you. And in this, what we tend to find happens a lot of times is that we could start to close some of those cultural gaps, that it does make it to where you can be comfortable 
whether it's a friend or a therapist that might not look like you, but you can still be comfortable enough to come and sit down and talk to them because they know your heart. They know your intentionality. They know that you're not just looking at them as just another patient, but that you're intentional within this work that you do. And I think that's actually going to be another conversation. And I would love to bring some therapist friends into the fold for that. But we got to have a talk about, yo, when you get into this work, this is purpose work. This is this is literally a work of calling, not a work just to get the dollar, not a work just because this is what you study. Like, no, like you literally have what I would proverbially say blood on your hands, right? You you are dealing with people's lives here. And so there is a level of intentionality that is needed to be had with that. And so that's my message for y'all today. I hope this helped. I would love to be able to dive deeper into this conversation. If this is something that interests you, please let me know. Man, look, a few things I want to do real quick. If this was a conversation that resonated with you, do me a favor. Tag me, take a picture, screenshot it. Instagram, Jr. Twitter, at TrulyTaylorMade. Facebook and LinkedIn, Richard L. Taylor Jr. You can get your copy of my book, The 31 Days of Power, A Simplified Approach to Everyday Mental Health, from my website, RichardTaylorJr.com. Please make sure you go ahead and do that. I want to give a shout out, man. I'm recording live from the Workhorse HQ here on this beautiful Monday, May 10th in Edmonds, Washington. So shout out to my Workhorse fam for constantly raising the bar. And as you all say, we pull harder together. Hey, look, I cannot wait to come back with the message on Wednesday. I gave you all the social media hashtags. Don't forget that I am posting carousels each day around these conversations of the 31 Days of Power, and I'm doing live videos there. I'm actually getting ready to go record live on Facebook right now. So if you haven't, make sure you follow me. Stay in tune with the movement. Stay in tune with the messages, and stay in tune with your mental health. Happy Mental Health Monday. You're not losing in life. You're not failing. You're simply between the dream.